Hello, everybody, everybody. Hello and welcome to We Synced It. Yes, it is a weekly podcast that focuses on all movies, TV, and entertainment in between. I am one of your hosts, Pat. And this is Kev. And how is everybody doing today? Thank you, thank you. You're far too kind. What's going on, Kevin? How are you doing, bro? It's a beautiful Sunday. Yep. We're winding down towards the end of summer. Yeah. And we got a lot of entertainment stuff to talk about. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, man. So uh, last week, at the end of the podcast, we went to an Incubus concert while they were actually doing a Rolling Loud in South that went fucking awry with people getting water bottles thrown at them. <laughs> we went to another concert. We, we went to a concert that was quite the fucking opposite of that. Uh, that was my first Incubus concert. I never planned in my life to ever go to an Incubus concert, but Kevin uh, told me, yeah, man, just go. He got a ticket for me, and I saw Sublime and Incubus, and uh, I got a little lit. <laughs> by a little. Uh, I got a little a lit. Little. <laughs> I got a little lit by, uh, by the fans of Sublime and Incubus, and dare I say it, I think those fans are way better than Rolling Loud fans. So I think it's also because of our age. Oh, yeah. I think uh, this was a completely different uh, age group that was at the Incubus concert. Mm -hmm. It was people from our generation, people that were born in the 80s. So mm -hmm. um, everyone had their lawn chairs. Everyone sat back and relaxed. And I think now I've reached that age where, like, that's all I want to do. I don't want to go to a concert where I get Yeah, you know, I think that you got, hours. you probably got, like, contact high just based off of the... There was a time when, uh, when I was sitting down in the chair and then I look at you because we're about to go uh, get another drink. And you were like, this is the life, man. <laughs> and he was just sitting down in the chair as uh, I think it was Sublime that was playing. And he was just like, he was on cruise control. Like, I think I literally <laughs> said, this is the chillest I've ever yeah. been and I don't want to ruin it. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, I started dying laughing. Me me and uh, Jesse started dying fucking laughing as we were, we were walking up there. But it was, you know, the concert was just, it was, now I understand when people say, yo, just good vibes. Before, <laughs> I used to just be a person be like, what, what the fuck are you talking? Good vibes. Have you seen the Dow Jones? Are you talking? <laughs> what the fuck are you talking? Good vibes. <laughs> yeah. So that shit was. It was a great concert. Um, yo, I'll tell you one thing. That those fucking um, that those blunts, man, made me so fucking hungry. I've never. I think that's the hungriest I've ever been. Like, and it was like instant. And I'm not. I'm not like a newcomer to uh, like fucking marijuana or anything like that. But for some reason, it felt like my body was eating itself as we were listening to uh, Incubus. And you know what pissed me off about it? They never played my my one song that I love from Incubus, uh, Lights Action Transaction. Well, we did leave early, though. How early did we leave? No, nah, we left really early. Like we, I think we left like 45 minutes early. They still had a lot of songs to play. We left because we wanted to beat the traffic. Like, out of all the hits... We heard a good seven or eight like yeah. radio hits of theirs, and they were like, "Bro, there's gonna be a lot of traffic, so uh, let's leave now to to beat it." And, yeah. Uh, so we left, um, but it was still a really good festival or concert. 
whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I think I've reached that age where like that's the only way I want to mm-hmm. sit down on my lawn chair and just relax. If I was, if this was like 15, 20 years ago, I would have been at Rolling Loud instead. I would have been at Rolling Loud. And I would you? Yeah, 100%. Yo, I feel that the Rolling Loud, uh, what you call it, crowd is like, they are, they are, what you call it, they are fucking wild. They are Mad Max. They are. Well, we the, used to the, be wild. They are not like that. Not like that. We used to be. We we used to be uh, Wiz Khalifa, Young, Wild, and Free. Not like what they are now. I don't know what kind of wild they got, but that shit is fucking like... It seemed like that wild that they are, are it's like a privileged wild. Do you think... <laughs> Do you think social media has anything to do with that? Like, oh, yeah. oh, we need to get wild so that this can go viral? Oh, yeah. I think that has something to do with it. I think uh, the, I'm about to say incarceration, the, the, the what you call it, that the COVID uh, lockdown that we were in for, uh, some people were in for like a whole fucking year. I think that has to do with it. And it's just a compound of just like stressful situation. And this was everybody's escape kind of thing. Because that dude who was just standing on top of that freight, the way that those people were throwing bottles at him, it felt like if those things were rocks, that dude would have been knocked the fuck out. They even threw a trash can at him. I don't know why he was up there, but that shit just happened. So <laughs> it, it, it's um. I was talking to uh Calvin uh yesterday, and he told me he he told me uh. Because I was talking about Rolling Loud and, you know, he goes to concerts and, you know, he he's a fan of like mosh pits and shit like that. And he told me something like he said, yeah, man, he said, yo, people, you know, usually don't get uh, hurt in like mosh pits and stuff like that or do anything like that. Because he said, that's why I prefer going to heavy metal concerts rather than going to like like hip hop concerts, because it's like it's a new era of moshing in hip hop concerts. He said people are doing it, but they're doing it like in a way of they're trying to they're just trying to find like joy kind of thing they're just trying to find like like oh this is fun this is new i'm just doing this shit but they're hurting other people said but heavy metal concerts they've been doing this shit for a while so now it's come to a point that it's like all right we're doing this but there's like rules set you can still have fun but yo it's not it's no longer the wild west like yo we let's uh let's do this shit and you know try not to hurt anybody because at the heavy metal concert, uh, he said that yeah, there's there's motherfuckers out there who are just like they're moshing, but they're fucking enforcers. Like, <laughs> like if they see that you're doing some shit, they'll come at you and they just you just get fucking truck, you get trucked, and it's like goddamn, that's it. <laughs> like nah, you you're done because you're over here fucking like fucking up people. But I can't see that shit at a hip hop concert. And on top of that, he said that there's more egos involved. Like yeah. a hip hop concert, you might see like you might see somebody who uh, who you don't like or somebody who's doing some shit that uh, you just don't fuck with kind of stuff. He said that doesn't really happen at a, a a rock concert, which, you know, we started to, we almost got into the talk about, oh, you're talking about like uh, some black stuff that happens at black concerts compared to, they, he said, I'm not saying that because there's two black dudes talking about that. We're like, we don't want to bring it up, but it's like, it's it's on the back burner, bro. It's, it's one of those things that you, you think it could be possible, but it's like, ah, no, nah, that can't be it. It has to be something more deeper than that. It's always deeper. If it's ever shallow, nah, there's something underneath that shallowness. So, yeah, man, that, that's why I'm thinking that, nah, the, the, the Rolling Loud concert was just, uh, I don't know, poor management and 
a lot of people who are just want to express themselves after being locked in, locked up for fucking. A lot of times it's just lack of staff like that. that so I basically found this video that I showed to Pat on TikTok um, of this kid who jumped on top of a freight container and decided, you know, I'm going to be a badass. And then people started throwing stuff at him. Yeah. And he wouldn't want to come down. He, it was almost like he was challenging the crowd. Like, yo, you're not going to make me get off this thing. And then, like, more stuff getting started getting thrown at him. Everybody. Like, yo, we're security. We're the cops. Like, why did they allow it to go on that long? True, true. A lot of times I think it's just lack of, of employees, lack of security, lack of so many things. Like, it's hard, man. It's hard, especially when you have a crowd that big. You got you to gotta bump up the staffing for sure. Yeah, I mean that clip was only what let's say a minute, maybe. Maybe they maybe the the staff got in there afterwards to stop the shit. But they yo they did ca- uh, they did catch those uh those three people who threw the bottle at Kit Cuddy. Good. Did you see the no. picture of them? They look like South Florida in a nutshell, bro. They look like everybody who it's like somebody just like a big ass hand, they just grabbed the scoop of South Florida and just picked it up right there. You see, you see a, a, a white preppy dude. You see uh, somebody who he looks ambiguous and he has uh, he has braids coming out of his head like that. And then you see a black kid just, <laughs> and they all look like yeah, they will all hang out together because they probably all go to the same school. But it would, it's a fucking, it's a classic picture. It's a mugshot of all three of them, and it's fucking hilarious, man. <laughs> they look like South Florida in the show. It, it's a, it's a pretty cool uh, representation. Yeah, man. So I mean, if anything, if if anybody invites me to a concert, um, I gotta make sure that it's. I gotta, I gotta listen to the music that's gonna be played. Without well, that's a hundred percent. I gotta listen to the music. If it's gonna be something chill or something, yeah. If it's gonna be something that's gonna be like, uh, I sound real fucking old, bro. <laughs> we are old. Yeah, but we I don't are. sound. But I sound like I'm sixty years old. Like I'm like a century village. I'm like a step away from century village. Which, by the way, I might hit up when I, when I get to that ripe old oh, age. I'm one hundred percent hitting it up. Century Village is the best. Oh, yeah. Have you been there? My grandmother lives there. Really? Yeah. And, and it's, it's awesome, bro. Like, they have their own movie theater. They have... But they don't play new hall. movies. Yeah. They play new movies, too. A lot of people don't know that. They actually do play new movies, too. They have their own pool hall, their own ballroom. They got their own pharmacy. They've got their own... Like, it's like a town within a town. And it's like... it's Everything's like walking distance from the apartment. And it's badass. And then they have free transportation that takes you to the mall, like to Pembroke Pines Mall, and to all the nearby like shopping centers. And it's free. You just hop on the bus. And how old do you got to be to live in Century Village? <laughs> I think the minimum age requirement is like sixty, sixty-five. Sixty, sixty-five. Yeah, some somewhere around there. So you come in there being a young blood, you can go in there and just like just knock down all the baddies. <laughs> It'd be like uh, Yo, it'd be like get down, bro. So one time my grandmother was like, "Duck." So one time, uh, my my grandmother she invited us. She was like, "Oh, there's like some like uh, Latin music night or something at the ballroom. I want to see it." So we're like, "All right, we'll go with you." And we went, 
and it was so funny, man, because it's like it's it's a room full of senior citizens, but like they act like they're teenagers. Like my grandmother's there, like telling me the story of each person. She's like, oh, this one, she hooks up with everybody. She's every time she comes, she's with a different date, a different guy, this and that. And yo, they're like in their seventies and eighties and shit. <laughs> and then there's these two women that are twins, mm-hmm. and yo, they're beautiful, like gorgeous. And you would think, like, if it was high school all over again, all the guys are surrounding them. No way. Yo, and it's the funniest no thing way. in the world. I love it. I'm like, <laughs> I'm sitting there and I'm like, bro, I don't want to leave. I want to, <laughs> I want to see, I want to, ref- I want to film all this. I want to see this drama unfold. Oh, that'd be a dope bro. ass reality TV show. Oh my god, yes. That'd be a dope ass one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they fuck the 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 housewives of uh, what you call it of South Beach. Give me the Century Village's uh, the the elderly. I don't what what, what kind of name would it be? <laughs> Cocoon <laughs> in real life. <laughs> Give me that shit. I'll take that. I'll take that. Uh, fucking nine times out of ten. Oh my god! I didn't know they get down like that. But I remember. Um, oh, this was a long time ago. I, I probably was in high school or something like that. But they were saying like there was like a, an outbreak of like. Uh, like people in Century Village or people around these old uh, uh, towns and stuff like that, they were like getting down, like having fucking orgies, like every fucking week kind of thing. I'm like, no way. And this was Channel 7, so, you know, take that with a grain of salt. But it was still like, <laughs> no way. That they getting down like that? There's no way that, I'm like, they ever having orgies and shit? I'm like, oh, man, I can't wait to get like 60-something <laughs> so I can go over there, just walk around dick out, man. <laughs> It's going to be a fun time. <laughs> but, yeah, but I haven't heard of uh, any news like that as of uh, as of late because, well, I mean, I don't uh, watch the local news. But still, man, I remember because there's still people who who bring that shit up, who bring up that story with, uh, with like, Century Village and, like, old people getting down kind of shit. Bro, and it's crazy because it's, like, the the the. Th- Room the the room that they use for the the theater, mm. dude. They do shows, magicians, all types of events, and it's free for them. Like my my grandmother goes and watches it for free. If Are I the go, movies I, free? I gotta pay a fee. Oh, I gotta okay. be like a pay a guest fee, but it's cheap. It's like eight ten bucks, rather than spending fifteen bucks at the movie theater. It's not bad. And he watching uh, watching an up to date movie. Yeah, but like, you're not watching it like in IMAX or anything like that. You're watching oh, on a big screen, it's, bro. But Ender Screen is not that big. It's actually like a like a projector and a screen that they bought on Amazon. Like it's not. They're not even it, trying. It, it's not optimized. Like you, you, well, you I, still get a better experience at a real. Well, movie I would think that they would change when it comes to the time that we're of uh, of that age because we are more techn- uh, techno- technologically inclined. To have better things than uh, what uh, our predecessors uh, wanted, kind of thing. I hope. I hope that, that shit made like any a line sense. From Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! You know I do. You know I do want to do that for this podcast. I want to have like lines, and we just uh, create uh, just create ca- uh, characters that we just shout out the the lines as certain characters. Like I want you to be. Sean Connery saying this line right here, or I want you to be Sylvester Stallone saying this line kind of shit. I don't know how it's going to work out, but uh, it sounds fun. It sounds like a, a fun party game to do. But yeah, man, that that shit is uh, fucking dope. And you know what else is dope? Lights, magic, light and magic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
So last night, uh, I binge-watched uh, Light and Magic, which is a new uh, limited series on Disney Plus that you can check out, which focuses on the story of ILM, Industrial Light and Magic. What a lot of people don't know, Industrial Light and Magic is really, if you think about it, the first real effects company that came out of Hollywood. What's crazy was that this company was literally created just for Star Wars. Like, George Lucas created his own visual effects company because visual effects companies didn't exist back in the 70s when he was making Star Wars. So he basically gathered a bunch of college students and said, hey, I want to make this movie, but the stuff that I want to do, like, it doesn't exist. Like, we kind of have to create it. And they were like, all right, well, well, we'll fucking create it. And it's the story about that company and, like, how they're still the number one visual effects company in the world and how they've evolved. And in the past, I've... I, I've always been a huge fan of ILM. I've always been a huge fan of, like, George Lucas and his story and all of that. But I've seen probably three or four documentaries already on the story of ILM. This one is by far the best one. Like, I highly recommend it. It was actually directed by Lawrence Kasdan. Lawrence Kasdan is the writer. He was the writer for Empire Strikes Back. He was one of the co-writers of the new Star Wars trilogy, um, he's actually a, a very famous figure in, in Hollywood, and um, I think he did an amazing job on this documentary series because it really dives in deep on the story about each of those artists that were uh, grouped together for ILM. And, like, you see the story behind, like, the stuff that they had to go through, the struggles. Um, a big thing that I loved about this documentary is you also see like kind of like I don't want to say the dark side, but yeah, the dark side of it where like you saw no like, pun, no pun intended. Yeah, no pun intended. But like the you, you saw the arguments, you saw the the backstabbing or not the backstabbing, but like the the heartbreak. You know, you have the the story of uh, John Dykstra. D John Dykstra was the guy that George Lucas went to first. He was like, look, I need you to put together a ragtag team of amazing artists and scientists. And he goes, I got you. Bro, this guy... So in, in, in a lot of visual effects movies, like back in the day, like with the old Flash Gordon, the, the camera was still, and then they would have like a, a, a spaceship on strings going like this, flying by the camera. George Lucas was like, no, I don't want that. That looks cheap. I want this to look real, and I want it to be fast. Like I want these spaceships to be, boom, like flying by. Like I want this to be high intensity. So John Dykstra thought, okay, what if we had the, the spaceship still and the camera zooms by the thing really fast? Well, how is that going to be accurate? He had to literally create a camera from scratch, create the technology to make it slide from scratch, and he had to build a computer. Engineers, bro. Engineers, dude. Fucking he, engineers. He built a computer where you had to type in the calculations. Like, I want it to go from here to here in this many seconds, but it has to dip at this point and you have to like type in all those calculations and then the camera would just do it. It literally took him like months, like almost a year just to build the camera. And then when they finally built it, it was like, okay, now we got to start filming these shots. Yeah. But by that point, the movie was already due. So they hadn't even shot anything she, yet. She, so George Lucas, <laughs> you know, they show this in the documentary. George that sounds Lucas, fucking stressful as fuck. <laughs> George Lucas flies in from England. Like, he already shot the movie. Mm. And then he comes in to see the visual effects. He's like, all right, what do you guys got? They're like, oh, no, we don't have anything. We, we shot, like, two shots so far. Mm. And he's like, 
I've been away for like eight months, and you're telling me you he only to took yeah. two shots. And the guy's like trying to explain to him, like, bro, we had to build all They're this. They're showing shit. you all this. They show everything, and like you, you hear the stories about like them fighting and all of that, and and, and all of that shit. And then they had to like ramp it up. They they split everybody up. Like, all right, you're gonna go work on this shot. I'm gonna work on this shot. He's gonna go build some props. He's gonna. And yo, in the last couple of months, they mm. they got everything that they needed, and still George Lucas wasn't satisfied. Like he saw the movie and was like, "I still didn't get everything I wanted." That's why he went back and did the special edition because it bothered him that he didn't get everything that he wanted. That guy made bro. That camera became so important that they used it on Battlestar Galactica. They used it on Star Trek. They used it on all these sci-fi movies. George Lucas goes to make Empire Strikes Back, and he only handpicked from the first oh, team the shit. most important people, and he that guy oh, didn't get an invite. Oh shit! And that guy was like, "Are you fucking kidding me? Like, bro, I'm the reason. Like, I, I was the driving force behind all of this, and because he had that big fight, and George Lucas got mad at him. George Lucas didn't pick him, but that technology that he created, mm-hmm. ILM owned it." Like, he built that for ILM, yeah. even though he named it after himself. He called it the Dykstra Cam, because mm-hmm. his name's Don. Bro, they they brought in the camera for the second movie, and, like, the team didn't know how to use it. They were like, how do, you, how do we do this? Like, bro, so they, you see the you see the bad stuff, too, in that documentary. It's so fucking good, and, like... Bro, that shit's got me fucking hot, dude. Yeah, man. <laughs> like, if you think about it, it's like, oh, and then they talk about how, like, everything went from... Uh, practical to visual there's mm. the story about the guy from jurassic park that he was a stop motion animator yeah. and then steven spielberg's like now nah, we're gonna go digital and he's just like but you fucking hired me i i, I did all the shots like i created all the dinosaurs and now nah, we're gonna go digital and but <laughs> what was cool was that steven spielberg was nice enough to like no 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 but we still need you because you need to teach these computer guys how the dinosaurs are gonna move because it still looks crappy like how they move is too fake. Yeah, you're gonna teach them. If how he was to add more frames to it, wouldn't it be more realistic? Yeah, that. So th- this is another heartbreak thing. Was that? So that guy always did, you know, a couple shots of stop motion here, a couple shots of stop motion there in the Star Wars movies. This was gonna be his movie where everything was stop motion, mm-hmm. and they they he literally nicknamed it like this is gonna be my opus. Yeah, like, you're gonna Magnum's see opus, me. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, last minute, they're like, nah, we're going to go digital. They could have done what you said. Like, all right, if we film at a very f- high frame rate, it'll yeah. look smooth. And But because the digital was so good, they were like, yeah. So it was like, there's there's a lot of heartbreak in, in the story. There's a lot of... Uh, it's just um, a changing of the guard kind of yeah. thing. It's like, yeah, it's, it's heartbreak, but it's like, look where we are right now. It, it's going from analog to digital for everything. That's, that, you know, that's basically like... Us just fucking growing up. Yeah. The fact that, uh, like, when we we grew up in a time where there was no like barely anybody had a computer when I was in the uh, when I was growing up in the eighties and in the nineties, you know, somebody had a computer here. Nobody had internet in the early nineties. Then mid nineties, people had fucking internet. Fucking uh, not, not social media, but uh, chat rooms start uh popping up like MSN and uh, AOL start popping up so you're talking to motherfuckers from like across the fucking globe and shit like that and then we're all here it's like the whole thing like things that are things that we don't use anymore just go away you know just go to waste in the uh, in the wayside but i do like the fact that now everybody is just trying to bring back the old with the new 
Like they're trying to blend it together to make it like kind of they kind of look crisp, like how they did a uh, Grogu. Yeah. Like it's it's uh, oh yeah we have uh, not not claymation but they have puppetry with digital. Yeah. To add it, and it's like oh it's a it's a nice it's a nice fucking touch. It's a nice touch now. But it, and 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 it's great because. The, the series ends with the Mandalorian and mm-hmm. all the stuff that they've done for them. And it's like they keep reminding you why they're the number one company, like the, the technology that they've created. Because that's that's the thing about ILM is that they don't adopt. They create the, the, the technology that they created for the Mandalorian. And like the fact that they don't use blue screen or green screen, that's an actual HD screen in the background. Like that to me is like that's that's now another step yeah. because one thing that actors have always complained about is that yeah it's hard to to act dramatic in front of a green screen cuz you can't see your environment so mm-hmm. it's hard to react but now if you want to be in the desert they can make a desert background they could put a space background and it's a, it, it's more believable for the actor and the performances end up becoming a little bit better but what's also great is um the footage that they show from the first team like Bro, you see them fucking around on set. You see them like, like on a hot day. Like they, they basically got um, kind of like the the containers that you use for your equipment, but they had a big one, mm-hmm. and they literally filled it up with cold water because it was like a hundred degrees in that warehouse. Yeah, and they just jumped in like if it was a hot tub, but it, it was so small. Like they were jam packed, <laughs> and like you see all this footage of them like on you know doing a, a water slide at at the warehouse and doing all this crazy shit. And it kind of reminds me of when we were in film school, like mm. all the, the the shit that we used to do other than making uh, videos and stuff, like all the times that we fucked around. Like it just it reminded me of that. Also, what was really cool is you get to see all the stuff that was born out of ILM. Um, you know, John Knoll. John Knoll was the effects supervisor for uh, Terminator 2. He was one of the people responsible for the liquid Terminator and all of that. Bro, he ended up creating Adobe Photoshop. That's the guy that created Adobe Photoshop was the guy that did the visual effects for that liquid uh, Terminator. And like to think that ILM out of ILM came the edit droid, which then became Avid, which was like the first digital nonlinear editing system. Out of it came Photoshop. And like they explain that they 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 show all of that in the documentary. And Mm -hmm. it's like, bro, that company really did change the world and how movies are made because Avid. You know, that that's one of the biggest editing softwares for television and movies. Photoshop. I can't yeah. think of anyone who works in the film industry bro, who has never touched It's off, lingo, uh, Photoshop. bro. Photoshop is the fucking lingo. When you say, oh, can you photo... I don't know if people still use that shit, but I remember people say, oh, can you Photoshop that picture? No, that picture is people Photoshop. People still use it. People 100%. <laughs> yeah, that fucking picture is Photoshop. It's fucking lingo. It, it's become synonymous with editing. Instead everybody of saying, knows what the like, fuck you're you talking edit about. This, yeah. They say, can you Photoshop this? Yeah. And everybody knows what the fuck you're talking about when you say it, like, oh, that picture's Photoshop. Yeah. And it's cool because in the beginning uh, of the documentary, you see like the first initial team, and it was like less than, than 20 guys. Like it was just like a, a really small group. The documentary ends with ILM now, and it's thousands of people. It's a shot really? of like thousands. Fuck. The team is like thousands, like 1,500 strong. Like, it's crazy. It's amazing. I wonder if George Lucas looks back at his career and sees how many people he has given jobs just based off an idea that he had for a space drama. Bro, oh, that's another big thing that they they actually do show that. So Mm -hmm. one of his first people that he picked, he, Mm -hmm. he picked this one guy. He's like, look, I need you to draw storyboards. I need you to draw matte paintings for Star Wars. It was Joe Johnston. Joe Johnston hmm. 
was part of ILM, worked in the uh, drawing team and stuff like that. Then he kind of got burned out and he's like, look, I made so much money working on your movies. I think I'm going to retire, man. I think I'm going to go travel the world and just spend my money because I made all this money off of your movies and I haven't been able to spend it because I've been working back to back. Yeah. George Lucas told him, don't you want to like finish film school though? And he's like, oh, yeah, but I kind of feel like I've been in film school this entire time yeah. working for your company. He's like, George Lucas told him, I will pay for your film school. I will pay for your film school if you just stay on. Mm-hmm. I'll pay you a little bit less here. You'll work less, but I want to pay for your film school. He took the offer, finished film school, and got a job offer to direct Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. And it was because George Lucas kind of like gave the the Disney company like said, hey, hire this guy. Like he's going to be your guy. That guy ended up also directing Captain wow. America, the first Avenger, the first Captain America movie. Really? Yeah, that's the same director. Like his career started because of that. Yo, like a lot, there's a lot of fucking cool stories that comes out of that documentary that you're like, damn, bro, that's fucking badass. Like, wow. And also you that get to is, see. That's amazing. You also get to see behind the scenes of. Some of the craziest effect shots you've ever seen. So in the movie Poltergeist, Mm -hmm. at the end of the movie, the house that the family lives in, it implodes. Mm -hmm. I thought that that was just like a a photo effect. No, dude, they really imploded a house and they actually show it. They actually show how they made it. They basically built a house and they, they softened the wood so that it was easily breakable. They exploded. You got it? They exploded uh, from the inside. The house collapses and they built the house over a vacuum. And the vacuum is basically sucking everything inward. And if in case there were any pieces that were not being sucked into the vacuum, the guy had a fucking shotgun and was ready to just go, go, go. Yo, they show all of that in the documentary. I'm telling you, like, this documentary, if you're a film buff, if you have any interest working in the film industry, if you have any interest at all in working in visual effects or anything digital, this is the documentary that'll influence you. It'll definitely inspire you. Like, hands down, I think it's uh, that. I think the series should win a an Emmy for sure. I think uh, I think they did a great job. Is there a, an Emmy for um, documentaries? For documentaries, yeah, yeah, I think there is. Has to be. But I mean, they have a lot of murder shit to to go to go against. <laughs> they have a lot of, I don't know, in plain sight or uh, crime thriller. Yeah, I mean, uh, was there's that one uh, fucking documentary that came out that was about um, was that dude who they call, keep on calling fucking handsome? And he killed like fifty people in the seventies, and they said his line of what he said. Something about he said, "Oh, my car broke down. Do you think you can help me out?" That's what that's what his line that he'll say to the women. Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy. Yeah, I didn't know he said that. That was his line. He killed fifty women with that. <laughs> Bro, I, I was listening to uh, I was looking at the Andrew Schultz stand up, and he said he said he killed fifty women with that. He said, and he said the funny thing is like, those guys know that women can't they can't fix cars. He said, but. These 50 women, that shit, it worked on them. Because he was a handsome guy. If he wasn't handsome, that wouldn't have happened. That shit is nuts, man. He was a lady killer, man. Like, in, in other in other ways of saying it, like, <laughs> not just literally, but, like, women were actually after him. Like, they wanted... Bro, there were women that were trying to help him escape. 
and crazy. Dog, I. <laughs> You know, I feel like uh, Nick from uh, New uh, New Girl when uh, when people said, "Oh yeah, he was handsome." I look at him like, "Bro, I just don't see it. I don't see it." But I think it's just the times. Uh, good looks change over time. You know what I mean? And since I was born in the '80s, like, <sighs> I think also being psycho makes you attractive to women somehow because if you're straight laced, because it's danger. If you're a straight arrow, not yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta. So you. Listen up, boys. What you got to do is you got to wear a leather jacket and smoke a cigarette and hang off of a motorcycle and just be like, hey, sugar mama, what's going on? <laughs> just do that kind of shit. And you just look dangerous all the time. It don't. It doesn't have to be your bike. Just hang off of any bike and you just do that kind of stuff. Yeah. It works. Just uh, elbow the jukebox. <laughs> yeah. Hey. <laughs> what's up, sly cats? <laughs> That is something that I could see, like in a in, in a movie with uh, aliens who who come to Earth trying to mate with women, but they they get the wrong kind the wrong of decade. Yeah, they get the wrong decade. Hey, what's on? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that would be so fucking funny. Especially if the aliens they uh, they actually act racist too, <laughs> because they got the wrong decade. Oh, Ooh. It writes itself. It writes itself. <laughs> Racism is so funny. Maybe to me. Like, yeah, <laughs> if you think about it, like, do aliens and other planets go through trends like we do? Like, fashion trends? Like, that would actually be a good movie that they don't understand that, yeah, what happened in the back of the day, we don't believe yeah, now. Yeah, we don't do that now. They don't, they don't go through that. They're like, no, our beliefs stay forever. It just, just like, constant. It's just a constant thing. Oh, my God. That would be fucking hilarious. Wait, I got a question uh, about NOPE, what we talked about last week. So does NOPE really stand for not of this earth? It doesn't. Okay. It doesn't. So there's, a video, <laughs> there's a video that came out with Jordan Peele and uh, Kiki Palmer, and she mentions that to him, and he was like, nah, I, I wasn't thinking that at all. But if that's what you guys think, if that's what you guys want to believe, I swear sure. to God, bro, I think that everything is like this. There was a, what was that, a, the Get Out movie. There was when uh, he did the Q and A for that movie about what people were were guessing. There was a lot of he was reading it and he was like, um, "Sure," <laughs> like he like people overthought of what it meant, and he just let you run with it. But I think that's a thing that uh, a lot of creatives do, especially with art. I mean, art in general is supposed to be your uh, rendition of somebody else's work. So if you think something bigger than what they thought it was they're not gonna say no to you they're just gonna be like yeah it can be that it could be interpreted in that way it can be interpreted in that they're never gonna deny you of anything like uh uh the music video this is america by uh challenge gambino there was a lot of things that was uh that was in that uh that music videos but there was a lot of things that people like i mean people did like fucking uh theses on that fucking music video and I'm like, man, that shit is deeper than I thought. But he went on to say that, yeah, he, he said that most of the stuff that I, I uh, were right, they were dead on. But some of the stuff, uh, it also, it also, it, it never played a part, but it's also good to think about as well. I'm like, damn. And it's amazing how, like, somebody who doesn't know you, doesn't know your work, can just take what you thought and 
bring a new depth to it. It's amazing. I mean, it goes back to the whole fucking ILM and uh, George Lucas. Was ILM around before George Lucas even? Uh, no, 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 literally when he was making Star Wars, he created ILM. He did that. Yeah. He. Fuck man. That, it, it, it's his. It's his. You, you, you know how like how, how they have like uh you know how they do like um things for people who were um who were killers like Stalin or. Or Hitler and stuff like that. It says, this is how many people this this person has killed. This is how many people this person has killed. I want them to to do one just on like jobs built because I had a fucking idea. And I want to know how many jobs have been built just based off of George Lucas alone. Because just because he came up with ILM, we got Photoshop. We got uh, Pixar. 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 We got. Uh, we also got Avid. Just because those things were built, we have people who are just fucking editors, media consultants, all these other kind of stuff. Just based off of that kind of stuff, it has to ring into the billions. Has to. Just based off of George Lucas being like, you know what? I like the soap opera. How about we do this shit in space? But not like this movie or this TV show. I want to do it different. It's amazing. It's fucking amazing. It it makes me second guess what I was thinking about. Like, I thought that, um, oh, my God, who's the dude who did Avatar? James Cameron. James Cameron. I thought James Cameron was going to be like the the, the next coming of uh, of uh, George Lucas because, you know, you know, he he, he takes helped, time with his movies. But he also he helped create Digital Domain. Digital Domain. Remember, that was a big company. Remember yeah. when we were in film school, they they announced that they were building a. A building, down yeah, here, man. And we all got excited for it, and then they filed for bankruptcy. Yeah, because of that one goddamn movie. Remember that uh, the Alien movie? Oh, is that what it was? I think so. That they were the one who came up with that uh, that bad Alien movie, man. Prometheus? No, nah, not Prometheus. It was another one. It was a uh... oh, fuck. What was the the, the it, it? It was a bad movie. They they've they've come out with part two and part three. It wasn't Prometheus. It was about aliens aliens that come down to Earth and they take your brain. And that's how they take your information. It was a bad movie. I saw that shit not in theaters, but I saw it on like Netflix, and I was like, "This was their last movie." Man, that's tragic. Yeah, but I thought that. But I think they. But I think they helped with. uh, I think they helped out with Avatar. I think they were one of the main companies for Avatar. (laughs) Yeah, man, that shit is. yeah, I just want to like just know the footprint. I mean, even uh, Steven Spielberg, how many jobs has he has he made just in Hollywood alone? It, it's it, it goes a long way. Fucking Tyler Perry, making his own studios, making his own studio, and like how many how how much work are people getting in uh, Atlanta now just based off of him? Bro, it's a fucking hub now. Like people don't even go to California as much. People just go to Atlanta. How many times have you watched the movie and you seen that fucking Georgia Peach at the end of the credits? Yep. If you stay that long, it's 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 like it's something that it's the little things that when you look at it, it just brings a little joy in your in into your heart because it's like damn, they, they things are fucking changing. It, it's is is it's great to see. Yeah. Um, what else? You know what else is great to see? 
superhero movies and being uh, what what not I'm about to say tone deaf, but just being a lackluster fourth phase of the Marvel movies. Kevin, you said that you you felt that the superhero movies and TV shows of the fourth phase are trash, right? I, I can't tell. <laughs> I can't tell if that the movies are lackluster or maybe I'm just. I have you. You said this fatigued. Like I have fatigue. this Marvel or DC fatigue where I'm just like. I think it's just a superhero movie fatigue, man. Like not even Marvel or DC, but just like in general. Remember when? we'll say like 10 years ago when Marvel just came out, um, we were all, we're, we're everything in all in hundred percent. Everybody's enjoying it. Now we, I think the thing that, uh, that solidified that we're done with it or we're not done with it, but we're, we're just like, ah, we're content with it now was in game. I think in game was the point where people were like, ah, that's good. And then they just continue to do more of these movies. But we knew that more of these movies were going to come out. Yeah. But the problem is, is that the quality, the, maybe it's not the quality of movies that are coming out, because the movies and TV shows are, they're good. They're still good. But I think what it is, is just that it's, they're not really bringing nothing new to the table, maybe, and... We are, we're in this state of, we're not in this state of awe. This is new. What is this? We're in a state of, okay, you guys are still doing the same thing. All right, that's, that's, that's all right. That's what's up. Like, we're, we're not excited about it. Even though, like, the directors that they've had for these new TV shows and new movies and stuff, it's basically, they're making the movie for they're they're making the movie by the director and with the director's uh what you call it like um whatever style of movie they make like uh, Taika Waititi he makes funny movies so Thor is gonna be funny uh who else I forgot what's that woman who did uh, uh the in- Incorrigibles what's those motherfuckers name again Enhancements what's the what's the name of those motherfuckers man y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> What's the name what? of it? Enchantments. Uh, <laughs> well, the people who were in space. The movie that had um, oh my god, they they gave us a, an audio of Blade in the movie. The, it's the the I think right now that's the least favorite Marvel uh, Marvel movie out of the whole series. Captain Marvel? No, no, nah, not Captain Marvel. Oh, uh, the Eternals. Eternals. Thank you. <laughs> that movie, right? Like, to be honest, that movie it wasn't bad. But if you're into her movies, that movie is right aligned with the kind of movie that she makes. All the movies that we've been seeing, or all the TV shows that we've been seeing, are not like some people say that it's not a cohesive kind of movie. What we're basically seeing, or what we're basically watching, is just. Um, a whole bunch of things that just taking place and nothing is funneling into in one cohesive story, which that's what happened. That, But that's what happened in the, the previous uh, phases 
in phase one, the only thing that was connecting any of these things together was the after credit scenes. Yeah. That was it. But also, the, I felt like the after... I, I'm not Captain, I mean, Iron Man, I, Iron Man I, I 1. I started getting more excited with the after credits, I guess, maybe after Guardians of the Galaxy, because I think at that point they started introducing, like, Thanos... And then you knew, oh, something big is happening. So this it was Avengers lead, one. This was gonna lead up, yeah. We see uh, Thanos say, "Fine, I'll do it myself." Right. So it was gonna lead up to something big. I haven't seen that in any of these after credits. Um, I, now, don't get me wrong. I don't think I'm permanently like this. I think once they start introducing like the X Men, Fantastic Four, then it's gonna ramp me up again. I think when they introduce the new villain Kang, because I still don't understand like why he's such a big bad and on top of that they haven't even released any of the trailers from the movies that we uh from uh, san diego con apparently there was an uh an ant-man uh, uh ant-man trailer that was shown and there was also uh, another trailer that was shown but we haven't seen it yet so we don't know when they're going to release it hopefully they're going to release it when uh, black panther comes out november 11th but um shit they might even do it before then they might do it when uh when the nba kicks off in uh, October, I, they've done that before. So hopefully we, we get a we get a chance to see it uh, around that time. But um, in that trailer, we will get to see uh, Kang the Conqueror, and I believe on one of the Reddit uh, threads, they said that one of his lines that he says is to Ant Man. He says, "Have I killed you before?" Which is something fucking. Scary to say to somebody, <laughs> knowing that, you know, you've jumped through many uh, universes and stuff. And I really want to see how that guy does as a villain, because when we saw him in Loki, he wasn't really a vi- He was a bad guy. He was the guy who's uh, having everything in control, but he really wasn't bad guy. X. <laughs> he was more of a... Um, he was more of a uh, the 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 Wizard of Oz kind of guy. He seemed to me like another Loki. Like he had like that funny. You know, a lot charm. of these, a lot of these. <laughs> we need new villain types, man. Because a lot these this Loof, these Loof and cool looking villains, they're dope. But I need another villain type of character. Uh, I need somebody who's not like charismatic. As all these fucking villains are, I need somebody who's uh. Nah, I don't want nobody who's an incel because that shit is too close to home. We got fucking people shooting up motherfuckers in their incels and shit like that. But we need somebody who's um. I just want to be intimidated again. Yeah, you know what I mean. Somebody like uh Thanos was Thanos intimidating. Oh, hell yeah. You know what? I think <laughs> what's what's the perfect thing to be an intimidating uh, villain? What do you think? People who keep their promises. Keep promises. Bro, the reason why promises. Infinity War, the ending was so good, mm. was he accomplished his mission. The movie ends with him looking at the sunset and smiling because he's like, I did it. Yeah. Like, you don't yeah. see that, bro. You don't see that in a lot of movies where the bad guy, the movie ends with the bad guy actually making his promise. And yeah, I did it. Even in Endgame, where he said that, what's that fucking line where... You you couldn't live with your failures when he basically told these his his delivery of like being so calm and telling you some drastic shit was like it's fucking hurtful, bro. <laughs> it's fucking yeah. He was just the uh, 
yeah, he was just a cool ass villain. And on top of that, anybody who can just sit down, anybody who's willing to just sit down and while you're walking over to him and just kick, just throw rocks around. But he basically told them like, "Yo, you went and cut off my head, and that still wasn't enough. Yeah, you still had to travel through time <laughs> to come back to me. That's how bad I am." And it's like, bro, Avengers has some big shoes to fill, bro. Yeah. That new villain needs to be bigger than that. Mm -hmm. Kang the Conqueror. I wonder if Kang's going to bring back Thanos. Not like bring him back as a a villain, like as a lead villain or anything, but he could bring him back as a henchman just to be a fighter, just to fight. He says, I am, he says, I am such a badass that I'm going to bring somebody who is basically one against you. To fight you as just a regular fucking grunt. How about that? Cause that's that that'll be fucking dope. To have a villain who you had a tough time beating. Like who no, who no, you didn't have a tough time beating. He actually beat you. And then you had to come back and you have to fight him again. Again, again. Begin again. Some dope shit. I mean, yeah. But you know, uh, I leave it to Marvel uh and Kevin, Kevin Feige, 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 to uh, to get things together. But pff, I, mean, I like what they're doing. I like where they're going. I DC. <laughs> I like what DC is doing too. It's only up, man. That's that's how I see it. Like as much as people saying that uh, their uh, San Diego Con was lackluster, as a person who wasn't expecting much from them, this is good for me. I my, my whole route about this whole fandom and like just being a uh, a person who loves movies is that I don't take things too too literal. And too serious when it comes to any of this stuff. Like I'm, I'm a fan of Marvel. I'm a fan of uh, Lord of the Rings. I'm a fan of uh, Star Wars or any of that stuff. But I'm not a fan to the point that if they end up changing somebody into like if they end up gender swapping or racial swapping anybody, that I'm not gonna get pissed off because to me I'm like, okay, cool, it's different. I'm still gonna watch the movie. Uh, if the movie's bad, it's not going to be because of this. It's going to be because of something else. It's not going to be because you gender swap anything. I don't give a flying fuck. It's not going to be because of any of that stuff. But with that, I can also see the the people who are like super duper fans and they're getting mad at because you gender swap something. Now, uh, their favorite character is uh, a girl kind of stuff. But I can see I can see that argument, but that argument is still not it's not heavy enough for the reasons for why this gender swap is it matters kind of thing. Or racial swap. And that's my views. That's my two cents on a a dollar purchase. <laughs> that's my two cents. Uh what else do we have to talk about? Oh, uh, last night was uh, did you you saw the UFC fight? Yeah. So Amanda Nunez ended up winning. She, if you call that a win, that that was a that was a domination. It was it was a domination, bro. It was a it, it was a good match, man. Uh, I'm happy she won. 
I actually had the opportunity to uh, meet her um, and take a photo with her. And she's honestly like one of the nicest. Bro, she was smiling in the ring. She was smiling in the ring. She, yo, she whooped that woman's ass, bro. Although I did see the weigh-in, and did you see the when they were like posing oh, the for the photo, kid? and then heard the other fighter's daughter? I that kind of like, I was like, man, that that's cool though. Like, if she would have won, that would have been. It was no, nah, you know what that was. <laughs> <laughs> I was I found that out yesterday, and I was like, oh my god. Or was that just a TikTok moment? Publicity stunt, man. <laughs> that shit was a publicity stunt. Why? Because I've never seen somebody bring their kid up there. Amanda Nunez has a kid too, but her kid, uh, her kid's too small, so she couldn't do it. But I've never seen somebody bring your kid up there just so he can do that. That shit was all planned. It was all planned for the cuteness. It was all for the. It was all for the Instagram or the TikToks for people to be like, "Oh, I hope she wins." And what happened? That shit did not. It did not work. It did not fucking work, bro. She she got Molly whopped. Molly whopped, and it was a sight to see. At certain points, man, it just felt that uh, Amanda Nunez could have, she could have wrapped up that fight, let's say in the second round. I think uh, the second round was when she was start, when, when she was dropping bombs. There was a bomb that was being dropped in the first round, but the second round, that's when you saw the punch that was like, it wasn't, it wasn't a knockdown because of uh, Amanda Nunez. It was because, uh, uh, Juliana Pena stepped up, and when she stepped up, Amanda Nunez uh, threw, I think it was a right or a left, and she just caught her off balance, and then she fell on the floor. But everybody's everybody's talking about that punch because, you know, the way that she fell, it was like she got stopped in her fucking tracks. But it was all a balance thing. But there were punches that she basically, like, you see, like, she checked out. Like, as she's falling, <laughs> what, what I said yesterday was like, bro, she took a fucking first-class ticket to the fucking ground, and she was flying high, bro. She didn't know where the fuck she was at. She was having a great time until she hit that goddamn floor. It was it was bad. And then she opened her up, like, twice. <sighs> My God, man. That 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 fight it, it could have been wrapped up in at least thir- uh, in the third round, and even Joe Rogan said that yeah she's basically playing with her food. Yeah, man. Because there were times that you thought that a uh, uh, opinion was uh was going was going going to submit her, but then you just see that yo she's just way too powerful. Remember that one fight that we saw that the uh, the guy in the heavyweight division that he was he was stronger than the guy who was trying to submit him. Every time, like yeah. he had his arm out and he just, he, he grabbed it back, submit, bro. I'm trying to submit Bane. Yeah. Like it was like, whatever he did, it was just like, nah, bro, <laughs> let me get this back. It was like, it was like that, man. And that, that right there is defeating all by itself. And the corner, Pena's corner was trying to like, it, everything was positive. Everything was positive, which I agree. But man, they, they, they told her in the fifth round, like the start of the fifth round, that yo, you gotta go balls out because you're you're basically losing. Nah, they should have told her that shit at the end of the third round. Go balls out because what just happened was like yo, you lost three rounds. This make this your last round. Go all out. Try to choke her. Try to submit her because the last two rounds she is just playing with you. 
because she was playing with you in the second round. She was playing with you in the third round. Do not play with you anymore because you need to be healthy for your next fight if you're going to have a next fight. So, and they they didn't do that. They did not do that, man. And now she has to look at her daughter who was facing off. And I hope her daughter saw that fight and realized what the fuck is going on here. These are adults. That's my whole thought. I just didn't like it, but I think that was just the curmudgeon in me that was just like, man, fuck that, man. <laughs> man, forget that love, man. <laughs> but it was a cute moment. Yeah, I think that's all it was. It was just me not being a fan of that cute moment that just that uh, that transpired, maybe naturally, but I felt that it was rigged. Like the goddamn elections, let's get to it. <laughs> <laughs> Let me play this out, man. All right, Kevin. Um, you got anything to say to the people? Be sure to check out Cause Fest Friday, September 30th from 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. at Extreme Action Park. We seem to will be hosting it once again. This time it's going to have a nightmare twist. So it'll be called Cost Fest Nightmare. So show up in a twisted version of uh, whatever you were planning on wearing. We're also going to do a zombie prom. Instead Are you going to do zombie contest. makeup too? People can get makeup done or no? You can do your own makeup. I don't have a makeup artist, but yeah. I thought, I'm going to do my own makeup. I'll throw some blood packets in your mouth. I have blood packets. Cool. Uh, yes, um, what else is going on? That's, I think that's pretty much it. I've been Pat. And this is Kev. Yes, and we've been us and y'all been y'all. Hope everybody had a ball. Catch you next week. Peace. So what is it that we're trying? The hmm? oxygen stick? Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs>